listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 156, where we will be discussing chapter six of City of Fallen Angels, Wake the Dead. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What? Hello. I don't like the title of this. Wake the Dead? You don't? Yeah. That doesn't, I mean, it's fitting, but I don't It doesn't like it. create little butterflies in your belly? You're not excited? Yeah, yeah. No? That's the word. Butterflies. I feel like this book is missing, like, the quotes <clears throat> under the chapter name. Oh, yeah. Like the other ones have. Not that I ever read them. but I never read them. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was just a waste of time. Yeah. They realized it. Oh, my gosh, you guys. (sighs) I have an announcement to make. Oh, my God. And it is that Olivia started saying the word yes, (gasps) and it has changed my life. (laughs) I ask her if she needs something or wants something, and she can say yes or no. It's amazing. That is awesome. I have reached a new level, you guys. It's It's just the best. Just leveling up. I love it. Yeah. Level up. Level up. <laughs> oh my gosh. How's your guys' week been? Good? Yeah. Um uh I uh finished Chain of Thorns this weekend. I have not finished, yes. Um that was basically consumed my entire weekend. And I was really mad at my family because they kept trying to talk to me when I was trying to listen to it. How dare they? And I don't know how to feel because as we were discussing before we got on here, I'm always second. Like Kristen finishes first and I'm second. And Amanda's obviously with Shadowhunters third after the while. So I'm not used to being able to like hitting this like crucial moment and not being able to just text all my thoughts and feelings (laughs) over. And so I really felt like, I was like, come to me in the darkness. I need you. (laughs) But now I get to experience that because I'm usually the first one to read it. So now I get to text her all the juicy like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And she has to keep her fucking mouth shut. And I love it. (laughs) It's so hard. How how much do you have left, Kristen? Oh, I'm only on like chapter eight. Like Oh, okay. In actual chapters, like Audible is a little bit different. But Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not actually super far into it. I just kind of really got into, like, the flow of the story. It's just kind of starting, so. I'm, awesome. I, I've been putting it off. Not that because I don't want to read it, because I do want to read it, and I do want to know what happens, but I don't want it to end. So I'm, like, kind of savoring. Yeah. Like, I have been known, like, the, the last book of, like, the first trilogy for Blood and Ash or whatever, like, I had about... 25 minutes left in the book and I just put it down and didn't read it for like three months because I didn't want it to end because I I knew something bad was going to happen there was going to be a cliffhanger so I like cut myself off before the cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) don't you try to use your dark magic on me (laughs) yeah I'm like oh maybe I'll read the the rest of the book when the next book comes out (laughs) that's great I um I felt a little empty, so like I went on Reddit and was kind of reading people's opinions mm. and stuff on it. And um, I don't know. I I do like physically reading books, mm-hmm. and you know, having the actual book here or reading the Kindle or whatever. But I think that 
this book really was the audible version of it was like a freaking performance like Mm -hmm. and i think it made it so much more include i don't know what i'm trying to say like just get wrapped up in it than Mm -hmm. even immersive immersive thank you i was gonna say inclusive and i knew that wasn't i knew it started with an i but that was not the right (laughs) word um I don't know. I wish so if people that are saying like, oh, I wasn't into this person or oh, this kind of fell flat for me. It's like, please listen to that like audible and see if it changes your mind. Like Mm -hmm. she did such an amazing job at everything. I told Amanda, even there's like a a point, even in Chain of Gold, where you can she does Will's voice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wish, and it's like something where he's, um, and this specifically, anyway, it's something where it's like, it's information that she would have known. So it's no spoilers at all, but I just want her to hear the way that he, she does his voice and Tessa and stuff. I just, I need it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Fenty Williams does a really good job. Uh-huh. I can't wait to get to that. I can't. I'm so I can't excited. wait for you to get to that. Yeah, I can't wait for what is it? TWP. Oh, which who knows when we're gonna get it? I know. What is that? Tell me it's more. The Wicked Powers. Obviously. It's the last. It's the oh. last of the last. It's the last it's trilogy it. that's planned. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's heart. It's like uh, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> right. So I guess like I can wait because like you said, I don't want it to end. But like, it's gonna be the best. If people like, I get it. Some of the stuff is a little tropey and like it's you know yeah. is it a Cassandra Clare book if it doesn't have these kind of like whatever tropes, <laughs> right. but um, to me like this being immersed in the story and the writing and kind of the twist and stuff it's got obviously like I say every book is getting better so I just mm-hmm. I love the TDAP I just can't wait I just can't wait. Mm-hmm. When are those scheduled ish in the next few years? There she doesn't have a date yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she just released her first book in a new, like a whole new deal. I think it was oh. a sword catcher. Adult instead of YA. Yeah. Ooh. So, okay. Anyway. Anywho, I guess we should probably cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish? <laughs> Oh I love God. it when when Amanda yes ands me. <laughs> what did you say when she what? Yes and it, it's like an improv thing when you like go out you're gonna riff off of someone else's bit. It, okay yeah. okay okay I got you. God I feel like a noob. Okay anyway Simon is taking a tour of his new apartment and making arrangements from literally the most chill roommate in the world Kyle. His room is a little bare, but with his portion of the rent being minuscule, Simon is taking a bigger win than carrying the groceries on in one trip. In the morning, Kyle's making breakfast and lecturing Simon about not eating his Wheaties, which literally no one wants to do, by the way. Wheaties are disgusting. It's yeah. mm-hmm. literally the worst breakfast cereal. When he takes a call from Maya making plans to meet up at the dress fitting, Kyle gives him a slight lecture on his two-timing ways before we slip on over to Clary's Pav. They're at the dress shop trying on some glorious 2000s fashions and schooling us on Shadowhunter wedding traditions. It's not long before Maya gives her message to Luke and leaves, bidding Simon goodbye, calling him baby, baby, baby. Thank you for the dance. Clary scolds Simon about making a decision on his girlfriends or threatening to tell both girls on his behalf. 
Trying to steer the conversation from that car fire, Simon asks Luke for the 411 on Camille and are saved from any follow-up questions by Jace coming in to awkwardly get his jacket. The whole interaction is super cringy and leaves Clary in tears. The Fairchild slash Garraway Greymark fams flash over to eat some delicious food. Simon is hungry and sad, which is the worst combination in the entire world. The dinner turns into a disaster when Clary makes some knee-jerk remarks about how awful it is for a mother to abandon her baby, <laughs> bringing up thoughts of Sebastian and making way for backstory time. Clary and Simon try to save the evening by going to the comic book store, but it's already ruined, so they split ways before heading home. Simon is tailed off the subway and is quickly attacked by the tracksuit bandits, using his BMP powers to try to evade them. He's joined by Jace, who falls from the sky to try to assist Simon in thwarting the attackers. Unfortunately, one of them turns out to be really into 70s rock and is like, dust in the wind. All we are is dust in the wind. While the other hightails it out of there. That was beautiful. I love it. I have to tell you, though, you guys, I struggled a little bit writing this. And I didn't realize until I was, like, almost, like, to the like two thirds of the way in, and it was because it was Clary's point of view to start instead of Simon's. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, God, why is this so annoying? I'm like, Oh, that's why. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. I struggled with mine, I think, because I wrote it at like six thirty in the morning. Uh-huh. So I was just tired. So <laughs> there's my gift to you guys. It's <laughs> a gift for the world. All right, so we. Uh, before we start, I need to go grab my book. <laughs> She's wearing jeans. In I her was own just house. gonna say that. I know. It's weird. That is very weird. And, and real shoes. shoes. Real sh- no, those are her clogs. Those are home- those are house shoes. My clogs are real shoes. I wear them in public. <laughs> I know, but they that like I wear my crocs in my house and outside also. My husband gets very, very mad at me for doing it, but those are both shoes. I had to, I had to pick up uh, my kid from school today uh, after first period. She didn't feel good, so. Okay, Aww. okay, real pants. I gotcha. Okay. By just, he gets mad because he doesn't want the carpets dirty, not because I shouldn't be wearing Crocs outside. Just so you know. right. That sounded weird. <laughs> yes, because because your husband's a, a, a clean freak, kind of like Jace. Uh huh. You guys, so we're in Claire's POV. She's at the Institute. She's uh, walked into Jace's room. Um, and Jace is like the OG Marie Kondo. His room is perfectly spotless, poetry alphabetized, pretty impressive for a 17-year-old. Like, maybe it's OCD. Maybe it's childhood trauma. We don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe it's maybe I mean, It's both. Right? I can guess. Yeah. I can guess with, uh, with Jace. It's probably both. <laughs> yeah. So I know we just started, but I have a sidebar. What did your spouse's living situation look like when you met? Mm. Robin. Oh, um, my husband lived with his mom mm-hmm. and stepbrother and dad, and they were renting a house. And his he's a neat freak, so his room was very, very, very clean. Like, whole, yeah. It was clean, but, like... Like, what was his, like, did his, like, did he have systems? Did he have a lot of stuff? No, he's, uh, like, 
would have been the like he used to iron all of his clothes and like had everything put away not no clutter no real knickknacks like not really pictures on the wall or anything like mm-hmm. that he, he had the he knows how to iron but not use the oven i know it's crazy. traditional like the mexican cobija you know what i'm talking about we still have it on the bed like it was just very you know mm-hmm. bare bones and mm-hmm not cluttered and i am a maximalist so um that's really lovely for him (laughs) and how old was he at that point um uh 24 25 okay amanda um andy was uh a couple years out from his divorce and Mm -hmm. living with his best friend in an apartment a very nice apartment um vaulted ceilings and stuff i thought it was so fancy and um he didn't have a lot of stuff you know pretty clean mm-hmm. he's uh he's not a messy person but mm-hmm. he's definitely not my kind of clean cuz i'm right. a freak yeah. i am a jace yeah <laughs> as we've established but do know that. he might have cleaned up knowing i was coming over but it was uh-huh. very clean when right. i would go visit I feel like Andy's mess is like what my mess is. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like we're on the same vibration with that. I agree. And how and old you is and Andy? he are he's also a maximalist. Like Robin was talking about his office one time and she was like, That's my jam. And I'm like, it gives me anxiety. There's so stuff. much in like, it. He just has knickknacks and stuff everywhere. Yeah. And she's super into it. Oh, that's and how old was Andy at the time? Oh, twenty eight. Okay. So Jason... I was 21. How old is Jason? Jason's 21. So Jason was like 35, 36, right around there. He lived in a house uh, with a roommate. Um, He had no furniture. Like, he had a TV, a recliner, and a, like... A doll's couch. It's not even, it wasn't even a real couch. It was like a hand-me-down couch. It was like red leather. But it was made for like a dorm room to like fit underneath like a a bunk bed or something. It was tiny. (laughs) And so he had this giant fucking house. Okay. Giant house. Just him and one roommate. And the living room was literally, he was the only one that had furniture. Um. And a, a TV stand. There was, like, nothing in the kitchen. His bedroom was, like, an old hand-me-down, like, bedroom set. Like, it was, like, what, like that gold uh, wood, right? And it had, like, oh two, two uh, dressers and a, a bed. And that was literally all. And then he had his cars. And I'm just, like, what? <sighs> and then when, because he moved... Into the house that we live in now, like, a couple of months after we started dating. Oh, okay. Because he wanted a place of his own. He didn't want to remain anymore. So he moved into this house. And when he moved into this house, he had even less shit. Because his roommate didn't have any (laughs) shit. He was, yeah, he wasn't sharing it anymore. You could, like, he couldn't set up his surround sound in our living room that we have now. Because there was not enough shit in the living room because it echoed so much so he couldn't Mm -hmm. have surround sound until i moved in and put all my shit on the walls (laughs) when i moved in the very first like the day i moved in i went around and had him put shit on the walls 
I had never put anything on the walls as like an adult in like a real way. Oh. Like since my townhouse that I lived in for three years and I only did like, I did like frames on the wall and that's it. But like, I didn't really do anything. And so I was like, I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> this is my house now. Like this means I'm staying. This means I'm not yeah. moving. <sighs> Look at me. That's I great. Stuff to know. But it just made me think of that because I'm like, God, when I when I walked into my husband's house for the first time, I was like, Whoa, you <laughs> easy are to a be clean when you don't have much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when your only garbage is the ten pizza boxes in the garage. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> so the only thing missing from Jace's room is Jace. Um and- <laughs> Clary's wondering, like, okay, if he didn't go back to the Institute to train, like he said he was, like, you know, whatever, where the fuck did he go after his, like, shitty little boyfriend drive-by at the Right? That's exactly what it was. A drive-by. Why do you lie? (laughs) Why do you lie? And she knows how breakups go on the CAW. Like, she's seen One Tree Hill. (laughs) This cannot be happening. That only happens to regular people, not angel people like her, obviously. Angel people. Jace and Clary were made for each other. They literally share the same angel's blood, but not in an incest way, as we've established in the last trilogy. Right. Right. Thank God. (laughs) Thank the angel. Oh, my God. Okay. So, okay. Shit, I didn't highlight what part I wanted to read. Hold on. Do you use an actual highlighter in your book? I do. Okay, sorry. I just didn't highlight this one for some reason. Okay. She'd never thought of... Uh, thought any of of that would ever apply to her and Jace. What they had wasn't ordinary or subject to the ordinary rules of relationships and breakups. They belonged to each other totally and always would. And that was that. (laughs) But what if everyone felt like that until the moment that they realized they were just like everyone else and they'd, and everything they'd ever thought or, and everything they thought was real shattered apart. Girl, the dramatics. Mm Mm-hmm. So Clary says, fuck it, and starts snooping. Um, she takes a peek into the silver box that uh, Amer- uh, Amatis had given him that belonged to Stephen Herondale, uh, which up until this point, like, she even, like, mentions right before she opens it that she had maintained that, like, she didn't want to pry and he had to, like, process this on his own and come to terms and do all that. But since Mr. Herondale fucked around, Miss Fairchild is about to find out. <laughs> oh, thank God. We all want to find out. So Clary remembers Jace telling her that he couldn't stop loving her, even if he tried, which I'm paraphrasing. Um, And like, that's the thought that she thinks of as she just opens it up and starts going through his shit, which I'm like. He was like petting it, like the box when he was saying that to her. Well, and what is she expecting to find in there? I don't know. Because she Like maybe that's where he's keeping his. His secrets? Um, underwear like, from the person he's fucking around with in the box. Yeah. His cell phone. His cell phone. Okay, look, I don't want to cut you off, but I do have do something to say about the quote you read, where she, it's like her internal monologue and it sounds mm-hmm. like she's kind of spiraling. I feel like this is the reason in her life why she needs to let go of the I'm not like other girls. Oh, and get yes, an actual yes. friend so she can dish with somebody. 
Because Simon obviously isn't... Like, they can be best friends and stuff. And I feel like you can have, as we've said before, it's Biffle status, right? Mm -hmm. You don't just have to have one best friend. No. And, Mm -hmm. you know, your one best friend, you could be like, oh, this this person is always great with relationship advice. And I know when I need something emotional, I'm going to go to this person. Mm -hmm. And then you could have another person that's like, hey, I, I need to make a sweater and cultivate vegetables and I need your help with that <laughs> Kristen actually you're kind of both but um you know what I mean and the, just you yeah. can have different people that you go to for different things and she Simon can be totally still her best friend but it yeah. doesn't mean he's good at the emotional stuff and I think Izzy might be good if she just I don't know mm-hmm. yeah well, and Simon is obviously going through his own shit. Like, he's not emotionally available to help her, nor is he a good person to because he's got his own drama. Like, he's got two mm-hmm. girls that he's he can't figure out how to break up with one of them, so I don't think he's very helpful in this situation. Uh-huh. But I think you're right. She needs someone that she can talk to that, like, she trusts. But that's the problem is that she has such like a lack of trust when it comes to other female characters. Mm-hmm. Well, and even like it would be, I would hope that like, and I know my daughters come to me, like I'm having this issue in my friend mm-hmm. group. Like, do you have advice for me? So it's like, that'd be cool. I wish she could even go to Jocelyn about it. I know I keep bringing up Jocelyn, but you're like, but, the tr- she has a lack of trust from there also, I'm sure. And Jocelyn's attitude towards Jace has made mm-hmm. it impossible for Clary to go to her and ask her questions, which mm-hmm. again, as a parent of a teenager, I'm like, Jocelyn, you're making all the mistakes. Like, what the fuck yep. are you doing? Like, she's uh-huh. never going to come to you and talk to you about anything now because you already hate him. You know? Right. And, and you're That's showing the greatest it. fear. Yeah. That's the greatest fear of being in an abusive relationship, too, mm-hmm. is when you don't tell people when things are going wrong because you're afraid yep. of what they're going to say about that person. So she does. She needs a friend. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're in an abusive relationship. I just... That's the start, girl. Yeah, uh-huh. not sharing. For real. Um, so she picks up this old photo from the box of Amatis and Steven, who she describes as like handsome, tall, blonde, with blue eyes instead of Jace's gold. Um, and I, I need a circle book. Just a yeah. little, like I just I need something in that era. I need to feel the eighties, please. Thank you. Agreed. (laughs) So Clary panics and puts the photo back, almost cutting herself on the, quote, rusty dagger inside in her rush to close the box. Rusty? I. Why? Why is that the assumption? I'm like, this thing isn't rusty. It's bloody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't, like. It's. I just. Okay. I don't remember reading that part, okay? But based on the things you're saying right now, I assume that that's the gem dagger passed down. I don't know what dagger. I don't know what dagger this is, but it like for sure. That's a very good thought, Amanda. Uh huh. What Jace? Or it's being the the gem one. Will and the dagger from Will and Gem. Oh, the one he threw in the ground or whatever. Tessa has that. Oh, that's right. That's right. We know that. We yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I just, I'm hung up on, and not that everything has to be, dude, Adamus. I almost said Amatis. 
But so it's like, this is a real metal dagger. Yeah. Right? Because obviously everything doesn't have to be, and it can be a ruined weapon, even mm-hmm. not being Atomus, to still right. kind of have that effect. I just, um, it's throwing me off how big the box is, and I can't get over that. And I'm having a really hard time okay. with. Right. In my head, it was like a small, like. Uh-huh. But I'm like, it sounds like it's got all kinds of shit in there. Like, it sounds like uh-huh. a big-ass like, box. It's a tote, not a shoe box. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Well, I was even thinking like a small jewelry box or like a mm-hmm. small like sewing kit. But mm-hmm. it's probably more like a substantial box. And mm-hmm. especially with all the stuff that's inside of there. Yeah, and- yeah it's like Steven's second grade paintings and stuff mm-hmm. here take this home with you now that you're an adult don't you want this dude that hurts man just so you know oh, <sighs> i hate it oh okay so feeling crestfallen uh clary heads for the elevators she's izzy is isn't home she's already checked uh but when she gets to the elevator someone's on their way up is it harendale no it's luke um, Luke's there to meet with Maris, uh, and since Clary's reason for living, I mean, being there, is Jace, uh, who happens to be absent, uh, she tags along for the meeting. Um, and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is Maris's first appearance in this book, am I right? I think um, so. We, we've talked about her, but she hasn't actually been there. Right. And so, um... Maris is, like, surprised to see Clary, but she's like, seems pleasant enough. Like, she's not being mean or anything, um, but she's clearly got more on her head. And Clary notes that Maris hasn't really acknowledged her relationship with Jace, um, but that's probably because she's basically run, running an embassy, because that's what an mm-hmm. institute really is, um, after a war alone while dealing with the tragic murder of her youngest child while her husband is in Idris. What the fuck? Reason 1,462 not to like Robert. What a dick. In fact, let's just ban all Roberts and Bobs. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Robin's laughing because my dad's name is Bob. Bob. Um, listen, I have a question, and I'm getting too literal here, okay? Tell me. I'm just trying to, again, I've told you this, I've confessed earlier in this book that like all I can see is the London Institute when I think of institutes Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. taking me a moment to get back in so they walk in the church the elevator goes upstairs Mm -hmm. does that elevator take you to like where's the sanctuary because I would think I would assume if she was going to meet with Luke they would be meeting in the sanctuary he's up in like when he when she's coming like he's he's in like the main like living area he takes the elevator Which, up to the main living area. So mm-hmm. it, I don't, I think the sanctuary is on the bottom floor. That would uh-huh. make sense. Because there's an exterior entrance for vampires mm-hmm. to come in. And that's what I thought. That's where he would be. I'm just like, I'm confused why. And he's obviously, it's not like he's a vampire where he can't walk on hallowed grounds. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a thing. But I just assuming if she's taking a meeting. It's she because Clary it needed to see sanctuary. him. Well, yes. Sure, but we haven't actually seen the sanctuary used like that, really. The only time was the meeting with Camille, because um, fucking what's-his-tits, Raphael, he astral-projected into Mar- Maris's oh, office, yeah. remember, to have a meeting uh-huh. with her. And so I, 
I wonder if it's more of like a respect thing. Like, I trust you. I'm going to invite you into my office versus into like this okay. like government like holding area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at least that that would be my take on it. So, I'm thinking too much into little stuff, but I just wanted to know your thoughts. I like it. So Luke seems to be using Clary as a bit of a buffer so he doesn't lose his shit on Maris. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of like gripping her shoulder and I'm like, damn, Luke. I didn't realize like Luke was so close to like that. I thought he was like cool hand Luke, you know, just like right. <laughs> no big deal. Um, So... <laughs> They've got some pretty hefty history, um, and her attempt at small talk was painful. She's like, wow, six weeks. You know, obviously, you know, she in her head, she's just kind of like, oh, my yeah. world has ended, right? Like, and mm-hmm. she even says, like, she's just so scatterbrained, and, like, she can't even think straight. Like, she's just overwhelmed, um, which does make me have some sympathy for her. Obviously, she's going through the shit. Um, uh-huh. Luke seems to have a little bit more of a difficult time having sympathy for her, which I can understand, <laughs> given their history. <laughs> I guess, but still. So the reason she's requesting a meeting is to discuss another dead shadow hunter. Um, so this is the third one, and this time it was dumped in the Pax territory. That makes three bodies, one in Magnus's neighborhood, the pond above the entry to the Fey Realm, um, and then now on the Wolf's Turf. So some somebody's not happy about the Accords. And Luke got his hackles up a little bit. He's like, uh, obviously his pack had nothing to do with this. Uh, but Maris continues explaining that they'd finally identified the first two victims. Anson Pangborn and Charles Freeman, both beating lackeys and former Circle members. How big was this circle? <clears throat> Clearly, Standing around my whole house, big. there's so many people. <laughs> it ha- the circle is round, it has no end. Yeah, I mean, you guys picture them changed. standing around a circle every time we talk about it, right? Like yeah. around a bonfire. They're playing Red Rover. <laughs> <laughs> they're all holding hands, and they're standing yeah. around a bonfire that's in the middle of nowhere. That's exactly what I picture every time. I imagine them on a college campus. With okay. uh, V-Tang, like, on a, like, a, a milk crate or something, like, rally, like, yelling about, like, yeah, yeah that's what mm-hmm. I think in my that's head. <laughs> I know that the TV show took liberties with, the like, the circle rune on their mm-hmm. necks, but I imagine that. That is in my brain. Okay. I like it. Uh-huh. I like that that was, like, a... A very distinct, like, you can't run from this. You can't pretend you're not uh, exactly. who you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Oh. It's like um, the dark mark. Mm, the dark mark. <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> uh, so this is not a good look for the New York Institute. And politically speaking, a fucking nightmare for the Accords. Like, this is mm. not gonna go well <laughs> uh and maris is clearly overworked and explains that she asked luke to come by for a fresh set of eyes like maybe he sees something that she doesn't and i think this is really telling that like one maris is making the effort right mm-hmm. like even like she when she was when she mentioned magnus she kind of like rolled her eyes and clary kind of 
clocked that. Um, uh huh. Like almost like she doesn't take Magnus and Alec very seriously right now as a couple. Which, to be fair, like they've been gone traveling, so she doesn't really mm-hmm. fucking know. Um, but she seems to be like cautiously just like, okay, this is what we're doing. We've got the accords, and so now I have expanded my team, and I can you know ask for help or whatever. And this does very much feel like an olive branch of like, look, I. I know you, Luke. I know this isn't you. Mm -hmm. And I need your help. Like, if we're going to do this and we're going to work together and the Accords are going to be successful, then I guess we'll do this. So I I appreciate that from Maris, that she's not so rigid. But I'm still, like, jury's still out. Like, Uh I can feel sympathy for you. I can dig what you're doing right now. But, like, I still got my eye on you. (laughs) For sure. When she makes this offhanded comment, like, oh, if only the dead could talk. And it triggers something in Clary's angel blood. Um, and she sees a new rune in the, her mind's eye. So. And then we just skip on over to Simon. Yay. He's checking out his sweet, sweet vampire physique in the in the mirror. Uh, like, damn, I'm fine. Just kidding. Uh, he's actually had a rough night. Uh, honestly, a, a rough couple of months. Uh, this changes his appearance, uh, since the changes to his appearance since becoming a vampire actually kind of freak him out a little bit. And quick sidebar, he lost me when he started talking about his poreless skin. Like, dude, miss me with that bullshit. You know that you enjoy the lack of acne. So shut the fuck up. 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. You're a 17 year old boy living in a city. Like your, your pores are clogged. Like for sure. So he finishes his private pity party and joins Jace in the living room. Uh, the chemistry between Jace and Simon is off the fucking charts. Like, what is he doing with Clary? Simon is right there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm. I'm <laughs> the going tension. To the tension. The sexual tension. Sexual tension. Yeah. <clears throat> Since when did he know Jace well enough to be able to identify which gestures of his were characteristic? It wasn't as if they were... Fr- oh, by the way, he noticed that Jace looks like shit. Um, it wasn't as if they were friends. You look lousy, he said. Jace blinked. Seems an odd time to start ins- an insult contest, but if you insist, I could probably think up something good. No, I mean it. You don't look good. This coming from the guy who has all the sex appeal of a penguin. Look, I realize you may be jealous that the good Lord didn't deal you the same chiseled hand he dealt me, but that's no reason to, I'm trying, I'm not trying to insult you, Simon snapped. I mean, you look sick. When was the last time you ate anything? Jace looked thoughtfully. Yesterday? You ate something yesterday? You're sure? Jace shrugged. Well, I wouldn't swear on a stack of Bibles. I think it was yesterday, though. Which is me. (laughs) Never. Never have I forgotten to eat in my entire life. Not once. I love it. What is that like? (laughs) Keeps me body beautiful. Excessive. We have the same body type, Amanda. My waking thoughts are consumed by food and what I'm going to eat next. I don't have to worry yeah, about I, it. I make sure I always have a granola bar with me, just in case. Well, I I wish more food sounded good. 
by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, yes, I want to eat that. That sounds yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always have food around me because I work at home. But that doesn't Not change the, the fact that I forget mm-hmm. that food is a thing while I'm doing something. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. And then, and then I, I, I like start shaking, and I'm like, oh, oh, I feel like I'm gonna pass out. I should probably eat something. <laughs> and then I eat too much of whatever I'm eating. <laughs> yes, yes. Binge. It's healthy. Super. No, it's not. Yeah, folks, kids, it's not. It's not healthy. Um, don't be us. Uh, so. <laughs> Where am I? Oh, yeah. I love that Jace is very, a very capable warrior, but also completely helpless when it comes to his basic needs. Like, he just does not. He has no sense of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Simon knows that if his Biffle's BF dies on him, he'll never live, the, live it down. So even though he hasn't had his daily dose of O positive, he takes Jace to go <laughs> get food. And Jace notices, notices, like, the buzzer uh, that shows Kyle as they're leaving the building. And he, like, asks about it. Simon explains that, like, Kyle's, like, sure. Like, he wants to be a rock star, do the one name thing. <laughs> and Jace is just like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Which, <laughs> I hate it. It's annoying. I hate yeah. it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You've got alphabetized poetry, but, like, you don't know share. Do you even believe in life after love? I mean, did they literally just only train? And that's like, there's no TV, really. Right. You have a cell phone. I guess it's 2008. Okay, you have a Motorola flip phone, but (laughs) a razor. (laughs) Maybe a sidekick. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, those things. Oh, no. This, this, 2008, 2009, they probably had a Blackberry. Ooh, maybe. That was, that was the thing. Oh, so during their short romantic walk to the local bodega, uh, Simon has to ask, like, why are you so obsessed with me? Like, were you following mm-hmm. me? And Jace doesn't mince words. He's like, yeah, I was following you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was literally d- jumping on rooftops following you. <laughs> yeah. It's no big deal. Okay, so I have to ask when, well, okay, I have to state this. Anyway, when they first started talking about food, like, Simon is hungry and Jace is hungry. I thought they were just going to go to a restaurant, either Takis or something like it. Like, you're both hungry. Which, now, we don't know where Kyle lives. He's got an affordable right. apartment, so he might be, like, in a whole nother borough. I just, it seems like there'd be those restaurants kind of everywhere with how we're learning that downworlders are so much more common. Right. Than, you know, we thought, I don't know. That's weird. I agree, though. You would think that there would be more built out in this mm-hmm. world. Um, okay, so yeah, Simon's like, oh, you were following me. My vampire mojo got you too, huh? <laughs> but Jace refuses to believe that there is such a thing as vampire mojo. So he admits that, yeah, he was following Clary, but she got into a cab. He's not fast enough to keep up with a car, unfortunately, so he chose mm-hmm. to follow Simon. And of all people, Simon gives Jace some advice on girls. And I'm just like, vomit. (laughs) But it's kind of good advice. Most girls, he means all girls, don't like to be stalked, believe it or not. (laughs) So stalking is wrong. Don't do it. 
Yeah. So Jace tries to explain himself out of the stalking charges by saying Clary's phone was in the pocket of his jacket and he was following her to try to leave it somewhere that she would find it as opposed to just walking up to her and saying, hey, here's your phone. Love you. Or going to take it to her house. Yeah. Or go opening the phone and calling freaking Luke out of there or Uh Simon or Jocelyn. Yeah, that's what Simon said. He's like, call her house. No, he doesn't want to see her. I yeah. assume that's why he went to follow Simon, too. Maybe he was going to give him uh, the phone Clary's to Simon phone. to give to Clary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously this makes Simon realize he's like, so you are avoiding her. You're avoiding Clary like a sub dog. Tell me. But Jace um, changes the subject because he's not talking relationships with this motherfucker. Not happening. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So he changes the subject by pointing out, um, like, he helped Simon rather than um, talking about all this sock stocking stuff. He's like, I helped you, bro. <laughs> and I saw the look on your face when the mugger killed was killed by that mark. And this was obviously not the first time something like this happened. So, Spill, we're going to focus on you, not me. <laughs> yeah. So Simon admits that, yeah, maybe it's like the second time, possibly, that he's accidentally turned someone into a pillar of salt. You know, I think it's probably like the second time. (laughs) As if that's not traumatizing. (laughs) Like like that wouldn't be burned into your fucking memory. (laughs) Yeah, I ate maybe two corn dogs. That's a maybe. Okay. Anyway, they get to the market and Jace is already working on Simon's investigation. Uh, It can't be Raphael sending people to kill him because obviously he knows about the mark. So that would be pointless. It's got to be someone that knows him well enough to know like where he hangs out and the things that he does, but doesn't know about the mark. (sighs) So as Kristen says, said, he's a freaking fighter. He's a warrior, all of this stuff, but he can't figure out food. At all. He never cooks for himself. So he doesn't know what food to get. So he literally settles on a mango, like a full whole mango and tomato soup. And he doesn't even know what the mango is. He's like, what is this? I like mango. It's crazy. So does does anyone remember what Jace ordered at Takis? Oh, no. I'm going to I'm going to search this while we go, because I just I feel like. Okay, I'm sorry. I have to sidebar you real quick. Yes. I've got a gripe. I've got I've got a hot grinds take, if you will. Gears. Really grinds my gears. That it their ignorance of the mortal world is very selective. And yes. it seems like it's always heavier handed at the beginning of a book to like remind you that they're you live in New York City. You don't stay in the Institute. You're out on the street all the time. There's no way you, especially with how observant you guys are supposed to be, you're fucking warriors. You know what's going on. You're paying mm-hmm. attention. You're hearing things. Like, come on. You cannot. It is impossible for you to be that sheltered. There's no way. Absolutely. Well, and he says that, like, Maris typically cooks for them. When? I when have we seen know, that? When would she have time? She's never what happened there? to them having, yeah. like, I know households have changed and the dynamic has changed since, mm-hmm. like, Edwardian times and Victorian times. And you don't have a full 
staff anymore. But you'd think they're still sighted mundanes. They still need jobs and they could still mm-hmm. work at the Institute. And obviously the money is still there. Like, have why is there not a cook I or agree. somebody cleaning? I agree. The only thing that might be the answer there, but then it doesn't hold water with other things, is that they their their position as heads of the New York Institute is a punishment. Mm, With Hodge, like that was like, they were being punished for being circle members with Hodge. So they were like basically in exile. So at that time I could understand if they were like, no, you don't get staff, you don't get anything. Like this is just your penance basically. Yeah. But now it feels like we've kind of moved on past that. Like mm-hmm. it's been almost twenty years. Like, well, yeah, and there's a, and the a, war and everything. Like, maybe yeah. spoiler, don't care at this point. There's another institute and the other set of books, and they don't have anybody either. And that, yeah, that was what I was talking about. Is like it doesn't match consistency wise, which it doesn't make sense if you're running something that big. Like, of course, yep. you would have an extra. If you're gonna have a tutor, why wouldn't yeah. you have? other staff well especially because you you kind of run like there's what do they call the room the hospital room yes like they're not gonna go cook for themselves and you're not always there like someone's gonna need to cook for them yeah the whole thing is silly Uh well and like I, I, i could see them not having that same sort of like like I said, dynamic that they'd have in like Edwardian mm-hmm. times. But you'd think that you'd still like people t- in today's world have cooks and have mm-hmm. housekeepers and people that come in and kind of like touch up. Like it's not well, insane that somebody would have somebody working there. Yeah. And to that argument, like they were all like in uh, TDA or uh, I'm sorry, um, the other one. The Infernal Devices. Yes. Um, <laughs> they were all very much involved in the mundane culture and society and all of that. Like, they were fully, yep. they all knew, mm-hmm. they all know who Oscar Wilde is and, you know, Will's right. fucking, you know, with his poetry and, and all of that. Charles like, they Dickens and, yeah. yeah, they weren't, like, living under a rock. And the only way that I, that could make sense to me is that, because of their punishment and, like, not being able to, like, whatever. That would be the only reason that the kids particularly in the New York Institute were sheltered. And I understand, like, Jace being, like, from the young age when he was in Idris. Like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But you guys have been running amok in yeah. the fucking city since you were, like, 12. So... We and first met like, you guys when in a club. Like, yeah, and your parents are always gone. Like, wh- I, there's no way. Mm-hmm. It seems silly. Anyway, sorry. That was my, no, <laughs> I'll I get agree. off my soapbox. <laughs> and, okay, maybe too much. Obviously, there's stuff to come in the next series mm-hmm. that kind of touched that because I started rereading it. Yeah. Um, but not everything lines up. So no. obviously we'll talk about it then. But yes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like the fact of them, not into them not having people that work there. Yeah. It feels yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Simon goes to pay for the food. I don't know why Jace can't pay for himself, but he's daddy in the situation Simon is. So he goes to pay and while he's gone, somebody yeah, has to is. be the daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Jace, of course, can't go anywhere without getting hit on. So 
two girls in the store were like giggling and talking about his hotness apparently and one girl comes over and comments on his mango and gives him her phone number it's very strange just jay shrugs it off and simon's like bro this happens to you all the time doesn't it and he's like yes yes it does He's like, well, not when I'm not glamour, or only when I'm not glamoured. And he's like, so when you're literally invisible, it doesn't happen. That's it. Like, every other time you get hit on. Uh, and at the end of their little interaction here, um, Simon notices that Jace has been playing with Clary's phone the entire time. Like, he's just, like, mm. fiddling it. Yes, thank you. Magic box is all I could think of. Yeah. (laughs) Like a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. So then we're taken back over to Clary and Luke, who are patiently waiting for Maris. And um, they, they all went to the Silent City, apparently. So they're waiting for Maris in some room in the Silent City. Um, She brought them there, but, like, wants to talk to the Silent Brother herself, which... I'd, uh, like what if they say no and then you had to go in this creepy place for no reason I don't know like this could have been a phone call or a text Why would, or a fire message yeah it's weird this could have been a fire message yeah. I, want, I want that as like a t-shirt this, should, this could have been a fire message this meeting could have been a fire message yes yeah exactly so I guess it turns out it's a good thing that they're there because their hope is that um, the Silent Brothers will allow Clary to see the bodies that have been found so um, apparently by the way while searching for the mortal sword Vitang killed most of the Silent Brothers so there's only a few left and Clary is guessing maybe like 10 to 15 still remain and for some reason that's all I ever really pictured (laughs) They didn't talk about how many there were. I don't know if this is like hundreds were killed, if it was another set of 10. Like, I only pictured like 10 to 15. And they're always in a circle in my head also. They're standing in a circle. Just so you know. I don't know. Like, I can't think of what would make someone want to be a silent brother apart from like Mm -hmm. trauma. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I wonder how they're going to fill, like, what if nobody wants to be a silent brother? How are you going to fill your ranks? Are you just going to, like, make there be, like, a draft, a silent brother draft? No. (laughs) Yes. But I wouldn't be surprised if becoming a silent brother wasn't also a punishment in some cases. I was thinking that, too. Like, almost like a, maybe not framed as a punishment, but framed as, like, an option other than punishment. Like... You could either be imprisoned or executed or you can become a silent brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the um, – it makes me think of the thing in the – god dang it. What is – Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Where wall. Where all the dudes – yeah, yep, they had to go work at the wall. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway, Maris comes back and she has um, brother Zachariah with her who didn't totally look the part of a silent brother. He doesn't have a stitched mouth. Um, and his eyes are closed, so it doesn't sound like his eyes are, like, gone. And it looks like he still has hair. Brother Kristen Snackariah. has her finger in her mouth. Yeah, Snackariah. <laughs> See, the thing is, um, he's never done anything wrong to women, so he gets to keep his hair. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because every time that you're, um, what is it? 
I can only think of the word in Spanish. Like, you're go into the patriarchy establishment, your hairline recedes a little bit. <laughs> That's it. You lose 10 you hairs lose hair. or something. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Machismo was the only thing I could think of, but that's, that's not. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Machista. Uh, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Though. Yeah. So um, he asks, I'm assuming that even though his mouth is not stitched shut, he's still doing this in their minds, by the mm-hmm. way. But that's uh-huh. just my guess. So he asks Clary if she really thinks she can do this rune thing on the dead. And he calls her Vitang's daughter. Mm. I just, boo. I don't know why he had to do that. Well, also, Uh like, what? Why you gotta? Why you gotta bring a bullshit? What happened? Yeah. Is this because he's started to, like, atrophy, petrify inside his heart? (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little becoming the Grinch slowly yeah don't worry because Luke is there and he's like bitch don't you know who she is I'm sure you've heard of all the shit that she's done so like yeah she's good don't call her that okay this is my daughter do you guys ever think of like when they specifically when they talk about the silent brothers and they bring up the stitching all I can think of is hocus pocus absolutely absolutely like and then he cuts it open and goes (gasps) <laughs> and like yeah. the mops come out. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So um I guess he has heard of all the shit she's done because he's like, cool, come with me. <laughs> I don't know. So why even ask? I don't know. The whole thing was funny and weird. So they get to this silent brother morgue place, I guess, and Clary notices a vial she like mentally notes there's a vial of acid with the other like autopsy instruments and um, there are three bodies on different marble tables all covered by a sheet but one of the bodies was uncovered down to the waist and Cleary could see the shadow hunter marks on his body so she gets up close to his body and she can see that like his throat was torn into pieces by some kind of claw and that's just like gross mm-hmm no, I don't like it. And um, so Brother Zachariah removes the white silk that had been binding the Shadow Hunter's eyes. Apparently, that's what they they do. Like mm-hmm. why? Little, uh, why? I don't know. <laughs> so they can't see. I don't know. It's apparently something that they do, and I also think it's weird. It's like zombies. My, my question back. is, why did you take it off? Why? Oh, I think it's creepy that they put it on. What's the, on the opposite? I'm like, I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> well, you'll see why soon. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, they probably could have just taken it off on his own. But I whatever. swear to God, if I was Luke or Maris right now, I'd be like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, step away. I, I smell danger. Yeah. Ten foot steely from far away. <laughs> <laughs> So he removes that thing and he tells Clary that she can do her thing. And um, she uses her stelly to draw the rune on that like had flashed in her mind when she was at the Institute and nothing happened right away. But eventually this dude's eyes flash open and they look like my husband's after he's been vomiting. (laughs) Sorry, Andy. Completely (laughs) bloodshot. Yeah, they're all bloodshot. All the broken blood vessels. And they're like blue. It's 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 no. It's too much. It's it's a lot of no from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From me, mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Yeah. So Maris is shook shooketh, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, the rune works. The dead shadow hunter becomes reanimated, and he's gasping for breath from his cut throat. Mm. And I just have to say, I feel like this is poor planning on everyone's account. Uh-huh. Was there not another? How were the other bodies killed? Were they how all did killed they select the same this way? one? Yeah. Right. Why this guy specifically? Mm-hmm. The reanimated shadow hunter starts like gasping, and he's able to say it hurts. And Luke is freaking the fuck out. He is like, like you said, a whole lot of nope. Mm-hmm. And he looks at Brother Zachariah for help, but he just sits there like impassive, just staring, <sighs> doing nothing. And I'm like, WTF. Uh-huh. I have something to ask. Oh. And it is, does Brother Zachariah remember Tessa? Because couldn't this just been a Tessa job? <gasps> oh, to turn into them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, but at this point, Tessa's like hanging out in the spiral labyrinth. I think she's like ah, disconnected fair. from Shadow Hunter work. Okay. 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 Listen, okay. again, I'm going to go back with. Sometimes I feel like I do, like my head goes to the easy thing, which I know isn't a lot of plot. But it's like, can't she still receive fire messages? Well, yeah. And, and you would think that, like, with the accords and like everything, like, She's someone that you could call in and say, hey, can you help us out? Like, this is important for downworlders, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, yeah, plot. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm yeah. obviously, specifically when this was written, only mm-hmm. one of the Infernal Devices books had That's been fair. Uh, yeah. done. So I totally, like, yeah. I get why it doesn't. But it, in a perfect world, mm-hmm. I agree with you. And Maris has no sympathy and isn't about to waste her time on, like, fucking feelings, okay? She doesn't feel (laughs) bad for this guy. She starts shaking him down for information, yelling at him like she's a scorned Beyonce, telling him to say his name, say his name. (laughs) And um, this always reminds me of something, like, parenting advice my mom gave me. And she was like, yelling doesn't make the situation better. It just makes you feel better. Don't do it. It sure does. you can help it. But anyway... The shadow hunter starts thrashing, um, saying, like, make the pain stop. And Clary starts to feel ill. Luke starts backing away. And Maris keeps questioning, demanding to know who did this to him. Um, and then, like, this is all kind of happening really quickly. She's yelling at him. Luke starts rummaging through the Silent Brothers tools like he's trying to find a Phillips screwdriver when all he has are flatheads. <laughs> okay? It's very important. <laughs> You can't just use a butter knife on those. Not right. getting anywhere. Maris reaches for violence and grabs the man's shoulder, digging her nails in, saying that she commands him to tell her in the name of the angel. The and power the shadow... of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The shadow hunter gasped out that it was a downworlder, a vampire, specifically Camille calling her the ancient one. I just want to know how old this bitch is now. I want to know. And Luke bounds over to save the day by pouring the acid, which, by the way, question, (laughs) is there like an MSDS sheet they have to fill it or something? Like, why is the bottle labeled acid when they can't fucking see? I just have to know. Oh, my God. Great. <laughs> anyway, he pours the acid onto his arm, burning the mark off and returning the corpse to its resting place. Like it's deanimated. Mm. So smart. 
And the last bit, it's just the blatant disrespect and the rage from me. So I have to read it to you. <clears throat> Luke set the empty jar of acid down on the table. Maris, his voice was reproachful. This is not how we treat our dead. I will decide how we treat our dead, downworlder. Maris was pale, her cheeks spotted with red. We have a name now, Camille. Perhaps we can prevent more deaths. There are worse things than death. Luke reached a hand out for Clary, not looking at her. Like, the olive, all the olive branching and the work and everything. Yep. For this. Well, yeah, she's certainly being defensive because she realizes what she did. Yeah. Yeah. And Girl, so she's you trying fucked to up big time. And be like, you're did- a downworlder. Your opinion doesn't matter because it, I feel bad. Because <laughs> I just went full psychopath. Yep. <laughs> she went full, full B-tang. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, like, did we ever get down to why she actually wanted to see Luke? Like, was she going to ask him for a favor? Were they just going to have a discussion? It was like Kristen said, just to kind of like, I've looked at this spreadsheet a thousand times and it's not making sense. Yeah. Can you help me figure out the formula? Okay. Okay. I can't. I need some assistance. Which she totally could have approached it differently. But like yeah. weekend, she's got a million things on her mind. Totally. But like you asked I mean, him here for help and then you're going to talk to him like that? Well, because like Kristen, very she's a, desperate. She's yeah. shamed. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm sure yep. she's very ashamed of what she just did. I'm just like, there's no secret to Brother Zachariah at this point. Mm-hmm. I am just like, why are you just like, what? You're just standing there? You're not doing uh-huh. anything? Well, I am is, very he's, like, he's like 100 years old. So his emotions have been very much detached. And as we found out in their little like whatever... Like, his love for Tessa still endured a small part of it there, but all of his other feelings were deadened because of, like, the shadow, the silent, silent brother silent. bullshit. Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. Like, how the fuck could Jem just sit there? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's very... He, and he wasn't like, that's not a good idea. Look at how he was killed. <laughs> ma'am. 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 Yeah. Ma'am. ma'am. <laughs> Okay. Oh, well, gosh. and Clary. After, sorry. And Clary in this moment. Uh-huh. Like, disturbing. I, mean, I didn't it, know that was going to happen. Yeah. It's got, which they talk about the after effects at the end of the chapter is kind of mm-hmm. a wrap-up thing. But it's like, dude, you don't even know what you're doing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dangerous. Clearly, because it's not like she would have done that on purpose. I just know where all of their throats ripped out because if they were not, that was a very dumb idea. Like mm-hmm. maybe the they thought one was burned, like too badly burned. Like it took them a long time to identify That's them. Right. The uh-huh. second uh-huh. one was really badly decomposed because it had been in the pond, in the water, in the pond. I gotcha. And maybe they thought like this it was going to call yeah. forth their spirit. <laughs> Instead of reanimating the corpse, mm-hmm. also. It's interesting that it was a claw mark and left in the person slash wolf territory. To make it look mm-hmm. like it was a yeah. person slash wolf. Mm-hmm. That Camille, she's a dastardly right? mistress of mayhem. What a bitch. Thank you for making me feel better about that. Not that I feel better about what happened, but I get why they chose that body. Mm-hmm. Now. And yeah. like I said, maybe they thought it would just call forth their spirit to 
converse, right. not reanimating a corpse. Well, and I'm sure anyway. in, Jem's, in Jem's mind, he's thinking this is probably going to work like Tessa's thing. Maybe. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously they know, like, ghosts and specters and stuff like Herondales can see ghosts. It's not mm-hmm. totally out of there. Yeah. Okay. Nightmare fuel over. After that, we're back with Simon and Jace. They're in Simon's apartment again, having a millennial interview with a vampire. They're going over the list of suspects of people who might want to murder Simon. And like we're basically going around in circles here. The list is very short, in his opinion. He doesn't know. People like him. He doesn't know about Amanda. Could be yeah, stalking yeah. in the shadows. Right. <laughs> it was me. It was her. Uh, Jace is unconvinced that Simon is being completely truthful with him. And is also clearly demonstrating serial killer behavior, eating a cold can of tomato soup. I think this act decides once and for all that it was, in fact, a limp cheese sandwich. Case dismissed. Clearly, that's what happened. Yep. Gross. Uh, (laughs) Simon didn't want to break his promise to Camille. Oh, my God, you're I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to run in here because I'm, like, checking my email. But... A fucking men. Limp cheese sandwich. It, it, it clearly has to be. If you're going to eat cold tomato soup. Yep. That mm-hmm. is disgusting. Absolutely. Ew. <sighs> the heartburn. Okay, so Can the, you imagine? Sorry. The You said the heartburn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean... All of it. And, like, I'm sure he has a microwave, which I don't even mic- – I don't microwave soup. I do not. I just reheat it on the stove. stove. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So that's just uh, – okay. Simon didn't want to break his promise to Camille, but since the ante was raised to, like, assassination, uh, he felt like he didn't really have a choice, so he spilled the tea to Jace about their meeting. And Jace doesn't have much of a reaction to hearing the hot vampy goss, Concluding that Camille probably wouldn't be the one trying to kill him because she knows about the mark, number one. And number two, she's like a dusty-ass downwolder who wouldn't want to be caught breaking the accords. Like, she knows better. Usually mm-hmm. people, like, downwolders that are that old just know to stay out of trouble. Coming to a stalemate, Jay suggests going back out on the town to see if anyone tries to attack Simon again. That way, if they did, they could try to capture one of the tracksuit bandits and interrogate them. Simon asks why trying to get himself killed is one of the hobbies he would list on matchbytheangel.com. Long walks on the beach, organizing poetry, trying to get murdered. (sighs) Our Sultan of Snark says that it's his job to, like, put himself on the line. And Simon parries by telling him it's a hazard of the job, but for Jace it seems like it's the purpose. Like, do you just want to die? And Jace makes to quote V-Tang, saying that his father always said before breaking off and getting real with Simon. A conversation that seems oddly deep for him to have with Simon, but Mm -hmm. I wonder if he feels like he can maybe be a little more vulnerable because he doesn't feel like he needs to be, quote, like, the protector in their Mm -hmm. relationship slash friendship. Well, nothing he can do is going to hurt Simon or get Simon hurt. Uh Uh-huh. It's a foolproof situation. Yeah. And so Jace says that um, he thinks in his mind that when he refers to V-Tang as his father, that he is betraying, like, Stephen Herondale, his real dad. And Simon feels sympathy for Jace. 
even though his eternal monologue is basically saying that he doesn't want to feel that away. Like, I don't want to feel si- sympathy for this guy, but I guess I, I I will. And Simon is clearly still emotionally stunted, which kind of feels real. Like, that could be real for a 17-year-old boy to not mm-hmm. have evolved into that yet. So I was a little offended at first, but I, I mean, it comes, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> he tells Jace that he thought, like, he, this is what he's saying to Jace. Like, you thought V-Tang was, like, your real daddy for, like, 16 years, which is not something that's going to change in a day. Plus, like, to be fair, he never met his bio dad, um, and, like, he's dead, so he can't. Um, so there's no way that he can really betray someone that he didn't know. And he just needs to think of himself as having two fathers now. And Jace retorts saying that you can't have two fathers, and then there's this little LOL that I'm going to read to you. Sure you can, Simon said. Who says you can't? We can buy you one of those books they have for little kids. Timmy has two dads. Except I don't think they have one called Timmy has two dads and one of them was evil. That part you're just going to have to work through on your own. (laughs) And I got it. Like, I love every other series, but the banter Mm -hmm. in this one, like, specifically, it, like, it sparks joy in my life. Dude, for real. But I... Yeah, it's so good. They have great chemistry. I know! It's my fave. It's one of my faves. Jace, like, quotes Dale Gribble. And he's like, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of nonsense. (laughs) And Simon kind of cuts through, like, the peacocking, if you will, saying that his father's dead also. And Jace seems surprised by this revelation, but Simon isn't surprised that he doesn't know. Like, he's not surprised that Simon doesn't, like, that Jace doesn't know that Simon's dad is dead. And right. he lists a bunch of reasons why he thought that Jace wouldn't be privy to the information. But I, for one, am kind of, like, shocked. I would think, like, in trying to forge a friendship between her boyfriend and her B-Fry, um, mm-hmm. she would have divulged this information, trying to lay some common ground for them. Like, I yep. would yeah. think... I agree. would have cultivated She something. only thinks of herself. That's why. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just... It doesn't... I guess it makes sense. I'm trying to... Again, like I said, with Simon kind of being emotionally stunted, I'm trying to think of maybe her brain's not firing on those cylinders. But I would have... And it's... I don't think that Simon's dad having passed away is like... Oh, you know, that's his secret to share with people or that's this. Like, it, it's I don't mm-hmm. think it's anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You think she would have said something. So well, Simon's exhausted. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I. Yeah, I feel like it. I thought it came up when they were burying him, but maybe not Um. about his dad. But mm-hmm. It would make sense to me because, like, Clary, when she's with Jace, Jace is her whole world. She doesn't think about anything Mm -hmm. else. So I highly doubt she's talking about fucking Simon. Like Amanda said, she only thinks about herself. (laughs) Yeah. Right. When maybe, like, being a different couple or whatever, Mm -hmm. you would want to make the common ground between the two of them. And I I do wonder if there was a little bit of awkwardness with the fact that she did date, date Simon for, like, a hot minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, like, according to Clary, they were, they're, like, destined for each other. So, like, none of that should bother them. Right. It's written in the stars, baby. Mm-hmm. 
Simon is exhausted and it's Jace's turn to fuss about when the last time he ate was. And Simon gives in to the momming and goes to get his last vial of like separated blood from under his bed. Ugh. And he takes the lid off and he swallows it and it is just fucking gross. It is disgusting. That's I'm having a harder time with that, I think, than the Shadow Hunter, which is mm-hmm. I guess yep. speaks volumes about me as a person, but no thanks. <laughs> And he thinks about how he doesn't, like, he hates drinking blood in front of other people. But, like, Jace doesn't really count to him as a person because he doesn't give a shit about his feelings. (laughs) Which maybe, like, this is why they never go to talkies because he doesn't like Uh drinking blood in front of anybody. Which, to me, it's like, it's totally, I could get that. But you think if he's out of supply, he would just go buy some from there. Yeah. He clearly has money to buy Jace mangoes. Uh I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like alcohol. They don't serve it to go. Well, and we, we said people kidding. were refilling his blood at his mom's, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was Jace and Clary that were doing it. Like, Jace was getting it. I think. Right? I would assume so, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I like that. Um, Jace tells Simon that he can't just stop feeding. It's it's not. It's bad news bears. Um, blood isn't. Like, blood is blood to vampires. And Simon, like, plays dumb about what he said. And he's like, yeah, a gelatinous cube is a gelatinous clue. The toaster's a toaster. <laughs> and he's kind of deflecting. But I think he really, like, he has to get what he's trying to say, which is what yes. you were trying to say last week, Amanda. Um, and Jace doesn't really bite the bait. Like, he doesn't want to keep, he wants to cut the sexual tension, as you would say, Kristen. <laughs> he doesn't really keep, that. he ignores the bait. And mm-hmm. he's like, cool, ignore my advice. Like, you're going to be sorry later. Hate to be you. And then are interrupted by the door opening and Kyle coming in. And he's not really paying attention to what's going on in the apartment. And he just starts telling Simon all about his day. <laughs> like, traffic was crazy. Uh, <laughs> Honey, I'm home. <laughs> just enjoying having a roommate. He's not alone anymore. Yeah. And she's like, wait, I let, I let a guy come crash at my house and I come home and there's more people in my house? What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, I would not be happy. Like, no. first day you invite friends over? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Kyle notices that Jace is there, and he stops rambling and goes to, like, introduce himself, putting his hand out, and Jace doesn't shake his hand back. Awkward. <laughs> Which is crazy. And he kind of just narrows his eyes at Kyle. And he's like, says out loud that it's interesting that Simon never mentioned his new roommate was a werewolf. Awkward. And I have to know, why did we get a rundown of how different creatures' blood smells different? And then, like, not have Simon be able to tell Kyle was a werewolf from his blood smell? Yes. His Especially because it's probably the a, same as Maya. Yeah, his girlfriend is a werewolf. Yes. And he's talked to Clary about the different scents and stuff. Uh-huh. Off, because it's like, yeah. they, he was talking about it, but like, oh yeah, when Clary had asked him, it was like sunshine or whatever. Yeah. I just, why did you, why even bring it up? Mm-hmm. Because he's then I He is dumb, that, you guys. <laughs> I thought maybe it was a dumb question, so I read the first part of the next chapter to see if maybe I was being stupid, and I, I from what I, the part I read, I, I don't know if it's answered. And it's definitely not answered in this scene because then we're like whisked off to Clary and Luke. Mm-hmm. We'll never know. Never know. And apparently he says, wait, uh, 
I can't remember if this is in the next chapter or if it's in this one. So if it is, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the stuff on the balcony is Wolfsbane. Oh, mm. right? uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might be. I started listening to the next chapter, too, so that might be in the next one. But anyway. Yeah. It's not it's a not big. spoiler. It's not big if it is. And um, which clearly there was going to be something about the plant. We talked about it like 13 fucking times. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Luke and Clary are driving back to Brooklyn and Clary is replaying the rune gone wrong scene in her mind like over and over again and they're sitting in silence and eventually as they get closer to home Luke starts to talk to her about it and Clary's brain goes to the absolute worst fucking conclusion and she tries to cut the impending argument in its tracks saying she's like look I know what I did was wrong so like just go ahead and yell at me. And my, 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 if I don't feel fucking called out, mm-hmm. it's totally something I would have do. That is me in a yes. nutshell. Yes, it is. For real. I was like, damn. <laughs> but Luke isn't going to yell at her. He just wants to talk about what happened. Uh, clearly, clearly didn't know what, like, th- her drawing that room, like, she didn't knew what, know what the consequences of doing that was going to be. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if she would have, she wouldn't have done it. Um, and, uh, Luke didn't know what was going to happen either because like he tagged along. Like I I was into this plan too. It wasn't just you. I came along, but like pump the brakes, sister. Pump up the jam. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And Clary kind of tries to switch gears. Like during the argument and, and maybe that's not what she's doing, but they're, they're talking about like, Hey, you know, this was nuts. Yeah. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And during that conversation, Clary asks about, like, the acid splash on the rune. And we get some insight on how um, runes can be disfigured and destroyed. So, like, you can, if it's, the rune is disfigured enough, it can either, like, slow down or de-enhance the properties of what it's doing. Or it can make it stop completely. And we also get some gruesome backstory on how sometimes in battle, enemies of Shadowhunters will try to burn their skin or slice it off. Um, that way they can't use their runes. That's some fucked up Crazy. hmm Yeah. And Clary kind of has a whoa shit moment, remembering, like, wow, this life is dangerous. Like, she remembers Hodge telling her that it was, like, mm-hmm. just a life of violence. Uh, and she's like, okay, this is real. <laughs> she's like, oh, like, shit. Obviously, they were in the battle, and that was real. But mm-hmm. it's kind of been since back at the Institute, like, training and my boyfriend and this mm-hmm. is – I don't have to go to school anymore and blah, blah, blah. But she's like, okay, yeah, this is violence for real. Yeah. yeah. Um, she tells Luke – she ends up telling, like, Luke, like, don't worry. I'm not going to be fucking using any fucking runes again like that. Yeah, I and, and, wouldn't either. Well, and she almost makes it seem like she's like, okay, well, I'm not going to make up any runes anymore. Fuck, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Consequences. And um, they have this conversation about her power where Luke is telling her, like, it's dangerous for her to keep using it when she doesn't know anything about it. She's basically holding it at arm's length and treating it as if it's something happening to her and not a part of her. And she needs to train and, like, learn about runes and... He kind of uh, alludes to, like, Magnus. Like, mm-hmm. Magnus's power is Magnus. And he has to, like, study and do all this stuff and learn how to use it and harness the power. He can't just, like, expect 
shit to keep happening to him. And so, mm-hmm. like, her having that thought, that flash of a rune, like, she doesn't know anything about runes. So, yeah, that can be dangerous because you're not, like, trained or studying on it at all. Right. And Clary says that Maris was going to hire a rune expert to come to the Institute to help her, but it hasn't happened yet. And <sighs> go ahead. I just, is this a, a rune expert? Is this supposedly like language, basically? Like somehow mm-hmm. you're going to see a rune is based on maybe another rune and that's bad. Like a, an expert would have known somehow that was going to be a bad idea. Well, and rune and a rune expert would be, are they an expert in the gray runes? Which is that going to mm-hmm. even help her? Now, uh-huh. I think you're right in the sense of like Clary needs to train with her power so she can learn how her power actually works and like when she does create like a new rune in her mind or whatever it should they should be more focused on her like taking a look at that and intuiting in herself if she feels that that might be dangerous or not and it's like I feel like Magnus would be a better person to teach Clary about this because it's more about the power that she has inside of herself versus a learned power, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he would be the one to be able to be like, you need to be intuitive and like, you know. Right. It's not so much training. It's And she needs to use it because if she doesn't use it, then she's never going to get proficient with it, right? So, like, it really does feel like she drew the fucking Mark of Cain and then was like... I'm just not going to create any more runes, which, yeah, that's dangerous because, like, then you're unpracticed. Mm-hmm. Well, and it feels like obviously, and I, I'm saying obviously, it's not obviously, it's my opinion, okay? Um, Jace oh, is very much like a a slash, like a hack damage type mm-hmm. of guy. I thought so you were going to say mind, a slut. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. Uh, so, so in his mind, I think like the most important part of being a shadow hunter is like being in like peak physical prowess and right. learning how to use all these mm-hmm. weapons and they have do to all train every stuff. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what he's really focusing on, and he's the person that's there with him right now. Maris right. is wrapped up. Robert's not there. Alex gone. Magnus is gone. They still Izzy's haven't there, gotten a tutor. I... <laughs> right. right, and Izzy's there, but I don't know how much. She's involved in Clary's education, where mm-hmm. it seems like Jace is kind of taking that over, where maybe if it was a, like, if Hodge was there and not fucking evil, okay? Like, let's cut out the evil portion of it. I think he would see, like, oh, yeah, you know, being a shadow hunter is more than just being good at throwing weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to know mm-hmm. all these other things. And there's different types of shadow hunters that do different things. And she could be more of a, you know... Alec as in like protective and kind of standing back as supports to the person like running into danger. A, su- and... a support a party member instead of... Uh, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with Luke, but I and I don't know how much of a rune. I agree with what you're saying too and like if she, just she could study runes on her own right just make flashcards I don't know like if that yeah. if that's really what she needs to do uh-huh. or like you're saying if it's runes that are you know there's demonic runes and runes that mages use mages <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry I just like that word anyway there's more that she could be doing anyway Luke's like uh, tells her about, like, because she's saying Maris didn't, like, Maris hasn't scheduled it yet. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, losing a child will do that to you. Like, yeah, 
her, she's not in it. And, um, he even says that he should be more forgiving of her behavior because he don't know, he doesn't know what he would be like if something were to happen to Clary. Yeah. And Clary says that she just wishes Robert would come back from Idris so they could be a warm, happy family unit again because they love each other. And that's what love means. It's like being there for the other person no matter what. And Luke looks out the window of his truck and tells Clary that sometimes love isn't enough. Which is totally what she needs to hear right now. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. That was a doozy. Yeah. I was going to say absolutely. So absolutely. Absolutely. And um, next week we can see if I was wrong. And they do bring up the blood thing when we read more of chapter seven, Praetor Mm -hmm. Lupus. I'm excited for this chapter because I want to know more about Praetor Lupus. So mm-hmm. let's yeah. go. Let's go. <sighs> okay, guys, for behind the scenes content and latest, our latest updates, <laughs> check us out on Instagram <laughs> at Downworlder Dish Podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.